Welcome back to another episode of the Bodybuilding Down Under podcast. Once there were two, and now there is four. It is all complete. There is equilibrium. We are back to our usual podcast selves. How are we, boys? We're good. We're good. Well rested. When, uh, when Michael Jordan came back, you know, he just released one statement to the media. I'm back. And and DY and I are back. That's all we can say. So we've rescued back, you baby. both from the, the pits. You know, <clears throat> I actually was having a look at the uh, the data this morning and there were only two listens on the past two podcasts. And when I delved further into that data, it was, um, you know, Tierra and then Jack's mum. So two yeah. absolutely yeah. shocking episodes, um, which is strange, you know, like, um, I suppose DY one must wonder, you know, what the common denominator for the two, you know, worst episodes of all time were. I'm not going to speculate, but all I can say, dear listener, is that the high, high standard of content that you've come to expect from the bodybuilding down under podcast is back. Mm, I'm just, I'm just curious as to whether you were looking at your own metrics on the general podcast, yeah. because <laughs> as far as Jack and I have received feedback, it's been possibly the best episodes yet. You know what? Now that you mention it, it was actually, it was my podcast, and that still checks out. Tierra and Jack's mum. So yeah, I, I'm mistaken. And the only common denominator on that podcast is that there was me and Joey on it. So, <laughs> oh, right shit. <laughs> Shots fired. Jokes now, aside, how are we, lads. How are we, how are we actually, yeah. boys? We are excited to be back on the potty. We truthfully, we have missed you just just a little bit though. No, yeah, we're excited we to be back. Too. It is good to be back. Yeah, me and DY, we actually bumped into each other at the gym. So, um, and we've also been, you know, in each other's pocket for the last two weeks. So I can't pocket. say that I've missed him a whole lot. Yeah, pocket, love life. Mm. I don't know what you want to call it. Same what happens in well New York on, on stays in New York. Yeah, well, actually, DY had to, um, you know, play the classic sort of homophobia card where he put a... Uh, Put a pillow between us, which I was absolutely devastated by. But I will say, as the week went on, the pillow disappeared. Mm. And um, look, one can only imagine why that was the case. Potentially a few um, urges or frustrations boiling to the surface, um, being away from the the living lover. But you know, mm, I mean, the man was, was able to was away keep from his pants his on. Misses in Japan, right? He was away from his missus in Japan, so exactly. I mean, clearly that pillow had to get, you know, had to disappear. And uh, the, the it, it wasn't for my closer. safety, it was actually for Lawrence's safety. Yeah, right. Good He's job. looking like an absolute snack all tanned up. Well, it's a good thing my uh, <laughs> my libido wasn't fully back, D.Y. It could have been on for young and old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well, uh, boys, tell us about, obviously, the WNBF Worlds. We did a little bit of a recap in uh, in one of our prior episodes. However, we obviously didn't touch too much upon... The, uh, the event itself. So we are on the edge of our seats wanting to hear more about it. Give us a, a bit of a lowdown as to how the, the day uh, unfolded and uh, and some of like the key takeaways and, and enjoyments from, from it. Lawrence, you want to run maybe the first day and then maybe I could give a little bit of recap on the pro day and you can chime in. Obviously, you, you were running the show on the Saturday. Yes. Yes, I was. It was, um, mate, honestly, like just as a sort of big picture takeaway, WMBF Worlds was everything I'd hoped it would be. I know you both will be excited to hear this as, you know, you guys want to compete at that show. 
And I literally, I could not recommend it enough because it was everything I hoped it would be and a lot more, to be honest. Like, it's you can really understand why, you know, people like the 3DMJ crew and AJ and, you know, all these coaches from around the world go to WMBF Worlds, even if they don't have many people competing or even if they have no one competing. Because it really is like a little natty bodybuilding Olympics. You know, you've got people from all over the globe. You know, people are staying in similar hotels. If you go to like the good gym in the area, everybody's there. And, you know, you've got the athletes meeting. Like you really feel special. Like you get your little athletes lanyard and you go to the meeting and you meet everybody. Like it really is a, an amazing experience. And I certainly will be going back to WMBF Worlds before I compete there again. Um, like maybe not next year, but I'd love to potentially the year after plan a bit of a holiday alongside that because it is just such a vibe, man. Like it was, it was so, so cool. And as far as like the show day itself, like I, I don't think I've ever seen a bodybuilding show run any better. I mean, obviously ICN's a bit different because they have like times that they keep to where they didn't really have like a running time per se for WMBF. But in terms of just the way it was run, I couldn't fault it. You know, like we were sitting in the backstage area. We had two projectors where we could watch the show um, and the, the quality was amazing from the stream. So that was really, really cool. Um, backstage area wasn't crowded. It wasn't frantic. And the guys who were running the backstage area, even though you didn't know exactly what time you would be on, you were given plenty of notice. So they would say, okay, this class is on. Now I want these people to come get their final coat. Now I want these people to start pumping up. Now I want these people to get their glaze. So, you know, everything just ran so smoothly. The tanners were excellent. Like I spoke about it on my podcast, like the guy who tanned me up, he was just had such attention to detail and you could tell they really cared. Like they wanted everyone to get up there with a tan they were proud of. And, you know, that means a lot to someone who's been dieting for 30 weeks and you're about to get up on the biggest stage in the world. Like, those little touches really meant a great deal. So, I mean, the tanning was amazing. The running of the backstage was amazing. And then, of course, like, <clears throat> I mean, I knew the quality at Worlds was going to be ridiculous. But, man, like, it, it's actually insane when you get there in person. Like, I was in the smallest amateur class of the day. All of, like, the three guys that placed ahead of me would have comfortably won uh, an ICN overall here. No question. Like, probably all of them would have been well in the running for a pro card at the ICN Nationals. Like, and you just look across the line. I mean, there was, like, 14 lightweights. Like, the amateur lightweights were on stage for, like, 40 minutes getting compared. Like, just the the depth and the standard. Like, you just, even at a national show, like, given the entry level of bodybuilding here in Australia, like, you do see your people who maybe don't quite fit the bill. Maybe they do look a little bit out of their depth. You just don't see that at Worlds. Like all of the guys look absolutely incredible. And, you know, the the pro day, which DY will touch on is like a completely different beast in itself. Like to see these people in person is just frankly on another level. Um, mm. But yeah, like the, um, the amateur day was amazing. Um, and obviously like myself, I really, really enjoyed the whole experience of competing. And yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, um, you know, to not, maybe not push for a third in my class. I thought that was, it was probably quite close between me and Scott Jezzard from the UK. Um, I think I had him on some shots. I think he definitely had me on some shots. Conditioning, I'd say was very tight overall. I think top to toe, like upper and lower, I was maybe a bit more conditioned the whole way through. Um, but once again, like his rear shots were a decent amount stronger than mine. So 
um, as was the story for a lot of this season. Um, and I was a bit disappointed to not have been in a bigger class overall for the light heavyweights, because I think that, you know, the, even though there were only four of us, like we, all four of us were very, very good. So if there was a class of 10, you know, that might have been the top four anyway. And you would be like, oh, well, what a good top four. But, you know, it does lose that shine a little bit when there is only four in the class, which is a little bit disappointing. But, you know, there, there's nothing you can do. You just have to go up against the guys that show up on the day. Um, but all in all, man, I couldn't fault it. It was an absolutely mm. incredible experience. Uh, Camp General was like one of the coolest weeks of my life, like just being so immersed in it and um, having the support of of Joey and, and everyone who was there and DY. And um, it was funny though, like the whole week like leading up was basically consisted of Joey and DY telling me that I looked terrible that I looked flat or spilled or somehow a combination of both. And then like for the half an hour that we're pumping up backstage, Joe's like, nah, I actually look really good, man. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> so it's like, but other than that, it was just like, just complete memes the entire time. But it was, it was great because I could see myself, like if I was say on my own in a, in an overseas country, like doing my camp by myself, I think I'd be very neurotic, very stressed. Um, but you know, the boys in particular really kept me calm. And, you know, there wasn't too many times where we weren't all laughing or making jokes or just having fun. So um, it was an incredible experience, man. Had the time of my life. That's awesome. What, what, uh, there are some people who stand out who were people that you really wanted to meet while you were over there? Because like you said, you know, this is, this is an event where all the greats in natural bodybuilding, you know, kind of congregate to, um, to, to catch up irrespective of whether they're actually competing themselves or if they, you know, have clients there. Um, themselves as well so are there any people that you, you you met that were kind of idols oh look mate I mean as you boys know I, I have a lot of respect and admiration for AJ so we met at Big Iron um, for the first time which is like the probably the better one of the better gyms in the area that we trained at and it was pretty surreal meeting him like just you know I've followed him for so long and we've spoken on the podcast and all that but just actually like you know, meet him in person was was really, really cool. So yeah, AJ was great. Loz was great. And then I got to have like a really good chat with Chris Barricat in person, which was awesome. Um, he had some very impressive guys at the show. Like he had the heavyweight winner in the amateurs, um, Big Mo that we met the, the day after. Mm. Dude, he was massive. I'm pretty sure he is, he was on stage at like 97 kilos. Yeah. Bro, this, and like granted, oh, probably like three or four kilos off being shredded, but dude, this guy is so big, like so freaking big. Um, so yeah, Chris was great. Um, had a good chat with Sam Okunola. He's a really nice guy. He's a big man as well, dude. Like he's a, got a huge frame. Um, who else? Like had a, a very brief chat with Dirk um, after, well, actually at the, the athletes meeting and then afterwards as well. And then met a lot of the 3DMJ crew. Me and DY ended up having like a, a really long chat with Brad Loomis. Yeah. Um, from 3DMJ. He's a can, great can guy, man. Can yeah. confirm his laugh is exactly as you would uh, hear it on the 3DMJ <laughs> podcast. He Such doesn't put nice it on. Guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And nice. then obviously linking up with Eric and we had a, a, a bit of a chat with Birdo as well. So yeah, it really is the who's who, man. Like um, it's so cool to to meet everybody and like meet everyone in the flesh because you sort of listen to them on podcasts and, and all that for so long. Um, but I think that probably the, um, 
sort of only person I would have liked to have like a little bit more a chat to was like maybe Jeff, like Jeff would have been cool to talk to. Um, he's quite like a soft-spoken guy though. Like he's not as outgoing as say Eric would be or someone like that. Um, and obviously he was competing. So I didn't really want to bug him too much, but man, shout out to Jeff, dude, like took a top five in the lightweights for the pro men's, which was the most competitive and deepest class of the day. And at 52, um, mm. To be his best ever at 52 is like absolutely insane. And like, I mean, you might touch on this DY, but like they were up there for like 55 minutes getting compared. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this, like in particular, Dirk, who obviously won, and Jeff, no joke, looked the exact same in the first pose as the last. Like, I wasn't even sure if like they were breathing, like just so poised. Like you could tell they had put in hours and hours of work on holding the symmetry and the muscularity poses like it was it was so impressive mm -hmm. mm, i had a question around well, I... your recent episode as well like you mentioned that in future you might be in the lightweights like why why is that the lightweights sorry the the middleweights middleweights <laughs> oh yeah jack I'm, I'm planning on like taking a leg off uh to I make the lightweights yeah 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 well the only reason i say that is because the pro men um, were only split into three right. so um and i don't think i would ever i don't think i'd be making it into the heavies nor would i want to based on uh <laughs> yeah. dude that heavyweight class was insane like insane so yeah but that was more reference to the fact that mm. um i'd probably like pro. when when i get my pro card in the WMBF, i'll probably be in the middles and you know like you know, DY, there was pretty ordinary. Like, the guys in the middles weren't very good. Um, yeah. yeah. They were pretty light work, that man. So I just need to get especially, especially at that yeah, pro some level. Some Ben guy, some some guy <laughs> called Fred. Um, it was the top two were pretty average on the day. <laughs> Said no one ever, yeah. Dude, yeah. it was insane. Like, that, yeah, that middleweight battle, it was all insane, dude. Like, the pros there, I, I couldn't believe. I was blown away at how good those guys are. Like, it's the lightweights don't make any sense, man. You're looking at these guys and, like, these dudes are weighing in like sub 70 kilos, but they look enormous. Mm. Like it's, it's insane. That That's probably the first thing I'll touch on is like the level of the pros at the show are like absolutely ridiculous. Like something that you've never, ever seen before. Like, for example, like Malcolm under team BK, tremendous competitor, literally won the universe and in his respected weight class, is fifth place out of like that's how stacked these lineups are like it's ridiculous and when you look at like the heavyweight um even iron culture touched on it they had four um world champions in that heavyweight division like that is absolutely ridiculous um and then like you brian even... barter and who's the fourth sam Alcanola. that's why i said sam brian oh. barter um there was another one the guy who there. took third yeah i think, I think he, he was he, I, robert jr Robert Jr. won the defect. Oh, sorry, well, it was Robert. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was Robert. Yeah. So like Damn. you're looking at Dude, four... Robert on that posing routine. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah. Very interesting song choice, <laughs> but it did suit him. <laughs> nah, but just like the level of pros is like something that you've never even seen before. Like you're just looking there and you're like, how the hell do they judge it? Which is like the next point, you know, is like the judging is like so in depth. So they had 25 judges on the judging panel. 10 judges wow. that would judge at one time. Wow. So that would rotate the judges depending on what division it was. So if it was bodybuilding, that would probably have Bob Bell or whatever it might be on there. You know, some of the guys that really do focus in and hone in on that. And obviously 
ones that don't have any like affiliation with maybe some of the competitors. So they're always swapping these judges out. And then not only that, to take away the bias, they remove the top and the bottom um, scores. So like if someone really likes someone, for example, Ben, you maybe there might be someone that might be slightly biased on the judging panel. They'll remove the top, the highest vote, and then they'll remove the lowest vote off either end. So then that way you get a lot better average. There's eliminates a large percentage like chance of bias so like the judging is absolutely incredible like you know like i said there's so many judges they pick the judges that suit the criteria but then not only that for like the bodybuilding they've got like the symmetry and the muscularity and they won't swap to the muscularity till they're a hundred percent certain on the results for the symmetry so that's why that um the lightweight pro division went for so long 55 minutes like there, there were some physiques there that was so symmetrical and they got to you know, grade every single person there. And there's 16, like, absolutely ridiculous competitors that pretty much would all be, like, state show winners at any ICN show. So, like, you know, you're picking, like, these tiny little 0.01%. And then once they're finally done with the symmetry, which took 30 minutes, then they go, all right, now we go the muscularity. And then now they're picking them apart for 25 minutes there. So, like, in terms of the judging, it's, like, next level. It's, like, probably the most probably the the highest level of judging I've ever seen. And that even compares like the IFBB to an extent, like the IFBB has very good judging and they're very efficient with it. But when it comes down to like the next level judging at the WMBF worlds, it was like something that you'd never seen before. And like, you know, you go to a pro show and you get a whole a lightweight division that nearly goes for an hour. It's like, it's really, really good. And then the exact same thing for like the middleweights, like, you know, um, when you actually see Ben in person, like that was like a physique. I remember me and Lawrence just like looked at each other and even like AJ was with us and everyone was just like, just dropped their jaws because like of how impressive Ben is actually in person. And I remember thinking, I was like, how does someone really beat Dirk? But the photos realistically don't do them justice. When you see them posted on like Natty news daily, when you see Ben in person, his waist, it's like probably like what it would be like 26 inches. It would be something ridiculously small. And then his shoulders are so wide and round for a 21 year old. It's like, the ratios were something that were just ridiculous and it would be very, very hard to touch him on symmetry just because of that. Yeah. I wanted to say as well, like Frederick Ibsen was unbelievably mm. impressive and definitely beat Ben in a few shots. Like I, I think that there was a couple shots where Ibsen had the nod, but then you have to like, keep that in mind. Like I think Frederick is 33 years old and Ben 21. Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense, but interesting thing that like, because I think it was the three of us, DY, like you, me, and Joey, all watched the overall together. And we were all sort of in agreement that if we had to place the overall, like we, Brian DeCosta was the clear winner and is probably the most impressive natural physique I've ever seen in my entire life in person. Like, once again, the pictures just, it doesn't do him justice, man. Like, he's, his quads are so freaking big in person. And like, for him to be in that level of conditioning as a heavyweight is just unbelievable. Um, but we actually probably said that we think Dirk was the second place in the overall. I think just like Dirk is so symmetrical. The conditioning is absolutely ridiculous. So it's interesting to know that Ben beat Dirk at like these previous shows because we we all sort of thought that we would have had him at second Mm. One thing with Ben is his glutes are extremely like aesthetic to look at where maybe Dirk's might not be. And then, you know, once you compare and add on like an extra five kilos, 
you know, and certain shots, maybe you could make an argument either way, but it would have been very hard to pick between those like top three. That was for sure. And I must say Dirk's posing routine as well. That was like probably yeah. like nearly one of the routines. It was I, my favorite. Mm. Now, one thing with Brian is he's actually quite short for someone that's pretty much 90 kilos on stage, like 90 kilos shredded, like straighted glutes, like, for, like you know, sitting at probably like five, seven, five, eight, maybe, maybe about five, seven, if I had to guess, like that is a heavy, heavy man. Like when you think about like how much muscle that is on a frame, which is crazy to think. And to be fair, like, you know, a lot of people, it was basically getting hyped up to be, okay, who's going to win Worlds? Is it going to be Ben? Is it going to be Batter? And then Brian just came in. And and I'll be honest, like, especially looking back on it, DY, I actually don't think it was that close. Like, I think Brian was the clear winner of the heavyweights. He mm. just won so many shots and he posed a lot better than Batter did. Like, Batter's an amazing competitor, but yeah, Brian, man, he was just like too polished. But it's, it's crazy to see, like, when guys are that size, like, I know that I, the Mr. Olympia level, like, the side tricep is, like, a shot that those big boys struggle to get into. And I almost, like, reflected on that, like, watching Batter and Brian, like, get into that shot. I was like, they almost look uncomfortable, like, getting their arm back there. And I think, obviously, because their limbs are quite short um, and that sort of thing. But, yeah, like, um, Brian's physique, man, is just absolutely wicked. And he also seems like a great guy. He gave a really nice speech afterwards and um, just seemed like a real class act. So, yeah, big shout out to him. Mm, I guess this just shows that there's, like, there's levels to this, right? <laughs> and the gene mm. pool is, is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly deep. But um, was there any any sort of abnormal uh, poses that the the judges asked the competitors to strike? You know, often there's like the the, the rear spiked hamstring and like the serratus pose, things like this. So was there any sort of additional poses that they asked for that might have been the difference between sort of second and first? I didn't see any on the day, but that being said, I think with the high quality level of judging and how many judges they had, I didn't think there might have been a place where, you know, it would have been that close between eight judges on the panel to be like, all right, let's see a pose that's extremely different or whatever it might be. Now with the symmetry, they also did like, um, you know, all the side poses and even with like the muscularity rounds, I believe they did both side chest, both side tries. So it's like, it was so many poses to already judge to then maybe throw it up to like maybe a serratus pose or something like that. I don't think it was probably necessary. Maybe if the judging panel was a lot smaller, maybe if it was like, for example, like Lawrence and Eric going head to head and maybe they might've only had four or five judges and like, you know, you're really picking between the two, you might've been able to throw it in there. But you know, when there's 10 judges on the panel, you're judging 25 poses or whatever it might be 20, you know, it, it is very rough and I don't think it was probably necessary. So I didn't see any, any other noteworthy mentions on the day other than bodybuilding? Uh, the bo the bodybuilding female um, as well, yeah. Natalie. She Natalie did, Hayes. Yeah, she ended up coming through winning the amateur and then winning the pro lineup on the the day after, which from what I heard has never ever happened before, which is something which is extremely, you know, cool to see. Yeah. Self-coached as well and extremely young, just like mm. crazy physique. I think obviously a, a big shout out has to go to um, Beck Pateman who, who took out the, the fit body pro uh, win and capped off like a, a pretty unprecedented season, you know, with her sweeping up the Natty O title as well. So yeah, she, she was absolutely amazing. And then 
I didn't see um, too much of the, you know, other than that, because DY, I know he stayed for the men's physique. Um, so maybe you can talk to that a little bit more, DY. Yeah, so the ICN Worlds, that is one. I think his Instagram handle is um, Smeb, I think it is, S-M-E-B. Um, I'll try and find it and uh, in the meantime, and I'll give him a shout-out soon. But he uh, actually swapped over to the WMBF um you know, federation now, instead of doing the ICN, he won, I think a couple of worlds in a row and then ended up taking out the men's physique worlds over there, which was extremely impressive to see. Um, yeah, that, that was, I, I, obviously I stayed behind to watch that because that was just something like, you know, truly impressive. Like see, seeing someone come from the ICN, I was like, how is this guy going to do in these lineups? Because the talent pool there was extremely solid. And I think he was in the lightweight division. Um, so yeah, ended up going all oh, the shorter class and then ended up going through and winning the worlds, which is something super cool to see. Mm. Looks like from what I saw, Josh, is it Krogan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he ended up winning the middleweights. Middle yeah, middleweights to go on. Extremely impressive lineup for him as well. Uh, that was a very, very stacked middleweight class. So that was a huge win for him. Shout out there. Mm. The other I had thing- a bit of a chat to Josh. Very nice guy as well. The other thing I think to note was the two-day show instead of the one-day, which was very, very good. Uh, I really did enjoy it. From someone being at that 3, 4 a.m. finish that you had, what, four years ago to now having a two-day show with the amateurs on one day, which now allows the com them to compete as pros on the day after as well, mm -hmm. which was super exciting like you know you get to see like doug and then like has he as he won the amateur then you know to step up into the uh pro ranks to see where he stands and you know ended up scoring a fourth in his middleweight pro lineup which is extremely cool to see so um which is something and like you know it also gave the opportunity for someone like natalie as well to then you know go through from the amateur and do something that's never ever been done before i believe it makes the, sense though doesn't it figure... because, like... oh sorry do you see I was no, just going to say, I believe that was the same with the figure competitor. I think she won the pro card. Was that correct? Mm, I think she won the fit body and then she competed as a figure pro the day after because she could only oh, pick okay. one. Pro. So she so she ended up winning a pro card and winning the overall, but then stepped into another division the day after, which was the figure, which I believe she won. And then Becky won the fit body. Yeah, I was just going to say with with the, like the, the pro show the day after the amateurs, I think that's such a great move because it's such a profound trip to, you know, go and compete overseas at the Worlds. It makes sense that if you, you know, if you win that that pro card and then the goal is to to step up into the pro show, if that is presented to you right there and there, you know, I think a lot of athletes would would jump it at that. So uh, it's very cool to, to see that sort of change. But I think across the board, everyone who won the the pro uh, lineups on on the second day. I don't think anyone was a returning winner, was they? Like, what were they? It was it was a? I think it was all new new winners for all, all the pro divs. Yeah, from what I saw, yeah, bikini, the bikini actual winner as well. I believe she won the day before as well. So she won the amateur the day before, and then crossed over and then won the pro lineup. Um, yeah, but pretty much all of them were brand new winners, from what I noticed. Hmm. Crazy. And what about in New York? Any um. Should we move on from worlds or any other aspects you want to touch on? I think we got it all covered. I, th I think we've, I think that's pretty much worlds wrapped up. Nothing I missed. Was there Lawrence? No, I don't think so, mate. I think, I think that was the majority. Um, I can't think of anything else. So yeah, maybe we could talk a bit about the, the week after. Oh, which was quite tamed. Wasn't it? Lawrence? Yeah, not a whole lot going on. 
Uh, well, how did you go with the dieting going into New York? Obviously, like coming post-show. Like, oh, terrible. How, yeah, yeah. And especially as we were feeding him cheesecake pretty much through a drip. But, mate, how flat was I, to be fair? Like, yeah. Super it, flat. It, it took so much cheesecake to fill this man out. It's like we're, I said, we're actually on that second on... body where I was like, dude, at least 15, 15 kegs up. Hasn't left, hasn't left the cheesecake factory in three days. I might not have been that far off the mark. DC, when you were when I was listening to that podcast, and then you said, "Oh, I'm just kidding." Lawrence is not actually 15 kilos up, and then you pause and you're like, "He's 20." I literally <laughs> laughed out loud on the plane. Oh man, lost it. <laughs> Jokes on you. I'm 25 uh, up. Yeah, <laughs> I saw him at the gym today. Can't confirm. <laughs> Oh dear. No, um, mate, I was actually I was actually really pleased with how it all went. Um, like obviously you know this because we've chatted already, but um, like the post show food, like yes, it was one of those things where I had like my plan and I I knew what we wanted to do, but it it was nice to be able to execute it like I wanted to. So we I didn't really have well I had my chicken and broccoli after the show just to like have something in my stomach, and then we went out to dinner the night of the show. Uh, the day after the show, I just tracked the first three meals. So Joey gave me macros and then we went out for dinner again. And then the Monday that we were leaving, I just tracked the whole day because I kind of wanted to use up some of the stuff that was in the fridge so we didn't waste too much from the Airbnb. And then, you know, whilst we were in New York, like, yeah, we were eating out sort of two meals each day. But, you know, the fact that we had extremely high expenditure, the fact that we were not really snacking between those meals um and also because we were just sort of like you know eating like adults in a sense um basically meant that we came back sort of bang on the body weight that we wanted to so like settled around that 85 kilos at the end of last week when i weighed in um and obviously the look is not amazing because it never is when those first few kilos come back on um but even as this week has gone on like i feel like i'm tightening up and starting to look you know a little bit better but I think it's also important for competitors to just, you know, don't really overanalyze your physique visually in those first couple of weeks. Like in those first few weeks post-show, your job is not to, you know, keep analyzing your physique visually. Your job is to feel better and, you know, you're going to look worse. It's just an inevitability. So don't get too caught up, you know, try not to be mirror checking all the time. The abs start to look a bit blurry. It doesn't really matter. Um, but overall, I was very happy with how we manage things post-show. Like, you know, we ate a lot of food, a lot of highly palatable food, but I think it just shows that, you know, if you set up your prep well, obviously I had the luxury of being like a, you know, an 80 plus kilo male who was on relatively high food in prep and relatively low expenditure. So I was able to get away with a lot more than most people would. Um, but it also shows that if you are just not eating like an idiot, you can be okay, you know, with a little bit less structure post-show because the 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 thing that i'm most happy about like even if i did come back from the states like maybe a kilo heavier than i wanted to the thing i was most happy about is that like i've i've felt in control the entire time and i haven't had any evenings where i went to bed with that like pain in my stomach because i've just like way overeaten because i even had an instance of that in my last recovery in 2020 and i just didn't feel like it was necessary i was like oh well i've had dinner i've had dessert like it would be just stupid to have anything more now. Like I know I'm good. Um, so that was probably the thing I was happiest about. And it's, it's certainly been my best post-show period up until now. Awesome. I, 
I think even just being there, like we all more or less did quite a solid job considering like, you know, what we had, like, you know, we would all get like a protein serving in like, you know, three times across the day, like pretty much breakfast, lunch and dinner. All the meals were like relatively decent size as well, probably for what we needed. So there was nothing realistically across the diet that was like out, especially for like a post show. I think Lawrence did really well, more or less like handling himself, like, you know, being in New York post show, I can tell you last time I did it definitely didn't run as smooth as Lawrence. So hats off to him. Really good job. And look, mate, we, we just managed the perfect intake. You know, it was mm. just the right amount of pizza, just the right amount of cheesecake. There was one day though, where we, we actually missed out on the cheesecake serving, bro. Me, Joey, and DY, both, we all woke up so flat. It was yeah. just absurd. Like you could just see, hadn't topped off the glycogen stores. Intramuscular triglycerides were nowhere to be seen. So we had to remedy that the following day. And that's why we went to Magnolia's. Um, exactly. And I think, I think by the time that Joey and I got that last dinner in, in Philadelphia, I think we finally filled me out. Mm. Yeah. I think and it was about perfect. The fight home. Lost it all, mate. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I told the pilot, I was like, "Mate, we're at thirty-five thousand. Get us lower. Get us lower." But he wouldn't listen. <laughs> he was starting to swell up like a balloon too. Oh Wasn't yeah, a look. unbelievable. Yeah, flat so... and watery. Well, how's the <laughs> and, but, uh, and the performance been, <laughs> mate? It's been it's been tremendous actually. Like I I basically because I got home on the Thursday at about three thirty. Um. And I, I knew I wasn't going to train that day, but I just tried to get out for some steps and just sort of move around a little bit, get a bit of light exposure, which I think really helped with sleep. Like I haven't had any jet lag and that was the exact same on the way over, had zero jet lag, which was great. Um, and then the back end of last week, I just went in for like a light leg day push and then pull um, just to sort of move the body around. Also had a few new exercises that I knew I was implementing in this block. So I had like a bit of a trial run with those, like played around with settings on the machines and things like that. Uh, but really nothing crazy, just sort of getting in for a bit of a pump and just to move my body a bit. Exercising rather than training, I think would be the the apt way to describe it. And then yesterday I had pull first full session back and today I had legs with deadlifts. And yeah, like it just feels amazing, man. Like I was listening to Eric's episode on Iron Culture where he was like almost saying it feels like it's his first off season after his first competition. Like just the motivation is just sky high. And I just, I literally was like, you know, almost wanting to go to bed early last night. So, cause I knew I'd be waking up on deadlift date. Like I was just so pumped. Um, and yeah, training performance yesterday and today were both very, very good. Um, and just, you know, that it's always exciting to start like a new split, uh, a new block of training, you know, you sort of keep an eye on, okay, I've got some new goals of some body parts that I want to prioritize. So um, yeah, so far, so good, man. Today, everything felt fantastic. And I'm just keen to to get back into the monotony of show up, rinse, repeat, add load to the bar, add reps and um, and make gains, really. And when when do you think the recovery phase will officially end? Well, yeah, I was discussing this with Joey and I was saying to him like, hey man, like, you know, probably what you reckon we'll look at that like 12 weeks where we might start going like, you know, bi-weekly as far as our check-ins are concerned. And he said to me, he actually thinks it'll probably be sooner. Um, so I'm probably thinking about that eight week mark. And once again, like DY and I were talking about this where when you set up a prep as well as Joey and I did and execute a prep as well as Joey and I did, it doesn't take as long 
to feel back to normal. Like I know that I'm not back to normal yet, like not not by a decent shot, but I already feel so much better in terms of like energy levels and, you know, just little things like, you know, irritability and, and things like that. Um, food focus for sure. Like definitely those things are starting to feel closer to what they would in the normal off season. So I wouldn't be surprised that by the time we hit that eight week mark, probably going to be at a phase where calories are high enough and behaviors are back to normal enough that Joey will feel pretty comfortable stretching that out to like fortnightly check-ins. And I think at that stage, I will be pretty much recovered. Um, and that's when I'll probably, you know, not really going to change a whole lot from training other than adding in like an arm day, which I have, you know, something I want to play around with this off season. Um, I decided to hold off until we get to that sort of recovered point before adding that in. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to take as long as previous preps because I already feel like, you know, relatively recovered. And I know that I'm going to keep feeling better and better from here. Mm. Is that arm day going to be something that you tack on on top of your current training split? So you're looking at running like a six day split now, or is that something that you're going to sort of move your training volumes around just to add more a total arm volume? Yeah. So it's going to be in addition to my other five days in the gym. But when I say an arm day, I mean like I'm just coming to work a bit earlier and doing like a little bit extra. Like it's not a crazy amount. I'm actually going to play around with something that once again, DIY and I've spoken about like this sort of the FST7 style training where you can condense quite a bit of volume and quite a bit of intensity into a relatively short amount of time. So the idea would literally to become in, you know, do an FST7 sort of extended set for like biceps, triceps. I'd probably just do that to start off with um, just so that I'm not, you know, piling a heap of volume onto my connective tissue just out of nowhere. Um, and I think that would be like an, a nice little addition because, you know, certainly my back is still the main body part that needs to come up like by a country mile. But I also do think I'd, I'd benefit from from some longer, well, some bigger arms, not longer arms, good grief. If anything, I'd love to shorten them. Um, some bigger arms are definitely <laughs> needed as well. So I think if I can run that for as long as possible in the off season, I'd be interested to see um, what that extra volume does. Mm, I'm just surprised you're not adopting Rich's uh, eight-hour arm workout. What is this? Mm. Rookie, he doesn't want it to might come enough. to that. Yeah, I'm not serious about it, if I'm being completely honest. Mm. Cool. I would, you would need a lot of cheesecake, though, throughout that. Mm. We can get that sorted. Yeah, uh, well, not- that can be arranged. Now, I want to know what your... We haven't obviously chatted about it on this podcast, but what did you think of Bev's? Like, gym-wise, like, first impressions when you walk in there, what's it like? Well, the first impressions is just, like, it's completely overwhelming. Like, you just look out at this sea of machines. And we, you know, we did, like, a walk around to start just so that we could, like, get the lay of the land and figure out what we wanted to do. But there was just so much machinery packed into such a tight space like it literally is like every machine has been placed so that one handle just glides past the other so that you're only just missing the person next to you like it is very very busy but I mean as far as the quality of the equipment is concerned I probably I've personally not been in a a gym better than that like the the torture series and like the new tech stuff that we used it's just unbelievable like it's so you just feel like you get in a machine and you're like, whoever made this was a bodybuilder who wanted to get an awesome contraction and a sick pump because it's just like, it's all so perfectly made for the movements that you want to do. And then, you know, you have all like the nostalgia of having like 
the old newspaper clippings on the wall and all the signed photographs of like all the bodybuilders that have come before. And yeah, it was just a, it was a really, really cool thing. I think it's one of those where it's like, it's almost a must. Like it's a part of your pilgrimage as a bodybuilder. Like you've got to do Bev Francis, you've got to do Gold's Venice. So that'll be the next one to tick off. But yeah, man, like as far as gyms go, I mean, I was saying to Joey, I was like, imagine just coming to like, imagine you were doing the New York pro and you just rock up like eight weeks early and just do like your last training block at Bev's. It would just be absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, To give you uh, roughly to guide you on how big this gym is and the amount of equipment, probably say powerhouse Brisbane and times it by like 1.5, like so another 50% added onto that gym. But then in terms of the equipment, 5% of it might be unusual, unusable compared to what a normal gym might be, where, you know, 50% of the machines are absolute shit. Like every machine you get on uh, at Bev's is like just magical. They've just pretty much sourced all this equipment from all over the world. And like every single piece, every leg extension feels unreal. They've got like so many converging kind of chest presses for like incline. You jump on one, feels immaculate. Try the other one, which Lawrence Sydney goes, fuck, that one feels just as good. So you're sitting here and you got three of these chest presses that all feel like absolutely unreal. And you're like, well, which one do we use? It's like, it, and the gym is quite busy, like to an extent and I can somewhat maybe understand why some of the pros might go with like more of like a template style, like, you know, maybe like a flat press instead of like doing the exact same lifts every single week, because you pull up to that gym and they've got three different incline presses and it's so busy that chances are there's someone on two of the others. So like, you know, probably swapping some machines from, you know, machine to machine, you know, might be applicable in that sense when you pull up to Bev's because if you're waiting for that one leg extension and then you're waiting for that one hack squat, you're going to be having eight hour workouts. Yeah. The only, the benefit is though, like, and this was quite fortunate for DY and, um, and for Joey is that, you know, when you're pulling up with the fourth place light heavyweight from WMBF worlds, 2023, people tend to go, Oh, okay. I'll get off the machine, mate. I didn't have that much left anyway. I mean, even a rash who we bumped into, like, I mean, I could tell he was kind of, he wanted to ask for a photo, but we were mid-set. So he was like, oh, okay, I'll leave them alone. Mm. That's fair enough. And mm. I was also wearing my like ICN Pro tank as well there. Oh, so yeah. it was kind of like street cred. They all knew like. <laughs> it's probably for the <laughs> They've best. They've probably been following me. And, yeah. I mean, you were looking so full on today. You would have cooked him from yeah. any angle. So it's probably better that we didn't get a picture with him. Yeah. Cheesecakes mm. every sure? single day on the lead up to that appearance. Probably say, that's probably not sure even a joke. I'm sure they weren't looking at you going, okay, that's uh that's fourth in the amateurs' worlds right there. But uh the bro looks like he's been at the cheesecake factory the last four days. Can you believe that's fourth in the world right there? Yeah, they're like far out. The standard must have been absolutely dreadful. Uh, just the whole vibe there was in- insane. What was the most common piece of kit there? Like what brand? I mean, I I think starting off, I'd say that there's no Nautilus. So that's one thing that was a very different, like now I think back at, I couldn't see a single Nautilus piece, but at that exact same time, I never wished for a Nautilus piece while I was there. I'm not sitting there like, you know, looking for the one arm pull down because I got three different one arm pull downs that are fucking like immaculate. So that was probably the first thing. But the next thing would be, uh, what do you think it would be? They had a lot of torture range. Yeah, I Never think that's the new stuff range. Bro, it's it's unbelievable. Like 
the even the first machine we use like that standing lateral raise like i compare that to the atlantis at powerhouse and this one just obliterates it um they had like a bit of hoist kit which was i always love using that stuff like they've got all your stock standard like hammer strength pieces but i mean you'd be silly to use it because i, I would probably say that torture series was like the main bit of kit like they had that for essentially everything like you know a flat press and incline press a is vertical press. like the actual brand or is it the series see i don't know i need to find that out i think um kevin dehan he was trying to explain it to me but i can't exactly remember what he said but they did have um they also had like you know machines that just didn't kind of have a label but were still unbelievable like mm. i used like this hip press and it was just absolutely immaculate um, and then they've got all like your your stock standard like plate loaded range from Hammer Strength, and they did have like a um, I think it's called the Flex Flex Fitness seated leg curl, which I didn't actually get a chance to get on, but it looked very very nice. I'd probably say the yeah like the the one thing that would almost like complete that gym that I would have loved to try is if they had like some of the Prime stuff. Mm. Like I, I would have loved to jump on a bit of that, but mate, in fairness. The um the LA fitness that we went to in <laughs> Seattle was like Nautilus upper body paradise. Like we oh, essentially just had like a full Nautilus chest and back session the day after the show. And and man, they just have it there as a standard. Like, you know, we're there like frothing, like trying to get on the Nautilus, like plate loaded pull down. And then you've got some guy who's just like coming up to it and just like dicking around. I'm like, dude, you've got like one of the best back pieces there and you're just taking the piss. Mm. Yeah, there was like literally the, uh, so torture ranges new tech apparently. Okay, mm. yeah, because that the new tech leg extension that I just tried for like a little bit of a anti atrophy set, man, incredible. Like it was the first leg extension where like the range takes you all the way back into that lengthened position. Like you boys know what I try to do with the foam roller. It was mm. like that from the get go. Oh man, so oh. good. Very nice. What were you gonna say, Dy? Oh, I can't even remember now, but I remember when I was actually walking through the Brisbane airport, one of the, uh, the border force actually saw my Bev's little sticker on my bag and he uh, called me up on it. So I was like, Oh, what the hell? Who that got that Bev street cred, you know, Lawrence, as we were talking about when we roll into the uh, powerhouse now, even, yeah, even when you're going through the border. Straight up in these hot summer months, I'm going to be rocking that powerhouse hoodie every single yeah. day, sweating my ring out. <laughs> I was about to say as well, that first chest press that we even used, like, I don't even think that was branded. Remember that plate? I'm just going to say, man, Joey was capping. That thing wasn't any good. (laughs) Joey was like absolutely frothing it. He's like, this is perfect. I was like, man, the handle's too thin. It's way too heavy, like in the shortened position. (laughs) I promise you, I know you boys didn't try it. I wish we had used that torture one. In the one in the corner? Yeah, yeah. I could tell that was good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I love when Joe's like, what do you want, Lawrence? Two plates? And, he, and we've just been buried on like one plate. <laughs> Lawrence is just completely cooked on one plate. He's like, this machine's heavy as fuck. Joe goes, let's double it. <laughs> Lawrence is sitting there, what? Uh, he's deceptively strong, Joe. I forget I forget how hard he trains and that he's actually like very strong. But yeah, he was loving it. So, but I'm trying to think- buy any, uh, like, any like tees or apparel or anything like this to, to bring back with you from Bev's? Oh, dude, is is hard not to literally buy like w- one of every color. Like, there's such nice stuff. I got a hoodie and a t-shirt, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna stop myself from here. But even like 
you know, like the track pants and like the shorts and stuff, like all the, like that iconic logo is just so cool. So I got, yeah, a hoodie, a shirt, and then I got a bag patch as well and a sticker for, for the next logbook. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much got the okay. bag patch and a jumper. Obviously, you had to hook up the uh the receptionist at Powerhouse with the uh the t shirt, so all sorted. Nice. But but no kit for the boys. What's this, Jack? Like, they bring us nothing. <laughs> well, like you got to earn it. Like come on, get on your business <laughs> but, trip, boys. Go over to Worlds. All that money was just spent spent on cheesecake. Unfortunately, it had nothing left in the budget. Ah, gotcha. Okay. It's funny when you swipe your card after like going to buy those shirts. You like when it converts to like Australian dollars, you're like. Fuck, that was an expensive jumper and a bag patch. You're like sitting there, you're like, what the? That's just the whole deal, though, with America. But I must say, like, man, Japan was so cheap. Pulled into the servo, like the 7 Eleven that they have there, like three protein bars and like pretty much like two energy drinks were like five, six dollars. We were getting that in America for like $25 if you would even try to get that. Yeah. And DY's on those energy drinks all hours of the evening, baby. <laughs> There was one night, <laughs> it's, legit like, it's legit like 8 p.m. And DY's cracking over the ghost. I was like, bro, are you going to sleep? Mate, I had to do all them check-ins. I was like, because the time zone, they were rolling in. I was like, I've got to get it done. So it's cracked open the ghost. One o'clock. I'm, I'm impressed that, I mean, yeah, you guys caught, caught up with the work. Like, I mean, Joey's workload especially, like, is that's tough. Yeah. Well, we, we kind of all like compiled the check-ins on like certain days. So it was like, you know, we had them allocated on set days. So that way we could try and manage it as best as possible. So it's like, you know, for example, every Monday and Tuesday, there are a little bit less of, I might've had to skip something here and there, um, especially like with the Seattle trip. But other than that, we pretty much got it all sorted. There was one day. So like Joey, obviously, you know, he tries to explain to people, get your check-ins on time you know maybe make them a bit shorter so like typical he's getting them in late and they're like essays so joey's like sitting there and he's just about to like phone it in because he was so frustrated like and he was it was late and he was like i'm just gonna go to bed i'll do these in the morning and then dy like emails him like a (laughs) check-in and so then he's sitting there and he just has this let me let me see if i can pull it off in the meantime one sec because it would have been last I must say, I do take my hat off to these boys. Like, I know I always joke that it's not a real job and yada, 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 but the the lads were definitely putting in the grind whilst they're away. So it was, I, I did take my hat off to them. Here's a check-in. Hey, mate, rough week with the travels. Hit macros all week, but I'm up 2.5 kilos. I know we just finished the cut, but when's the next one coming along? Also, can I get a new meal plan and a training program in boxes? I haven't started it at all. And then I was like, check-in attached. <laughs> not attached underneath <laughs> if, if there's anything else you need to know let me know <laughs> and you see him like see. open he's like what the fuck? he's like fuck off and then he heads straight to bed <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, uh, god it? it was it was funny it was a good little laugh that trip and then he goes, hey, mate, mini cut starts tomorrow. 400 protein, 100 carb, and 33 fat. No cheats or slip-ups. Please get serious about it. I know we're going to be in New York, uh, but to be to be quite honest, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of banter that the New York trip brought. Oh, dude. Yeah, well, it was always like the whole, the whole running joke was, oh, Lawrence, we're going to 
we're going to the Cheesecake Factory, but you're not going to be eating. Or Joey would be like, yep, this is the sub 700 cal menu. Choose something off that. Like, oh man, the, it was actually, it was funny. Like when I reflect back to why, like you could see us all like slowly run out of steam. Like just like the frequency where the jokes were flying were just that little bit less in the, the final days of New York. Because I think we're all just cooked. Oh man, so funny. It's just hard to keep up that level of adherence in terms of banter. It's hard to match that intensity at all times, mate. I mean, we are only human. There's only mm. so much banter you can recover from in two weeks. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. But to sum it up, well, uh, quite tamed. Quite tamed. That's a, a good a good a good summary there. Are we uh are we finalized everything, boys? Is that everything for us to discuss on the topic of the WNBF and the triple way? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think we covered it probably in depth, full hour episode, half WNBF wrap up, half the uh, trip. It was a hell of a trip, man, that WNBF show. I'm excited for you boys to see it because it is truly impressive when you do roll up there and just seeing the caliber, like the amount of world champions that are in every single pro lineup is just something that you never have seen before. Mm, well, Jackie boy, you are up next, man. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Keen for it. Expect all you guys to be there with me. Oh, mate, 100%. Tickets well, didn't you say, down. Lawrence, you're, you're, skipping, you're skipping over 2024 and you're coming to Worlds <laughs> with me in 25? Mate, honestly, like genuinely, like uh, I want to go in 25. Like next, this, like, well, 2024 coming, I'm like, uh, like I really, I do really want to save because like Gemma and I want to get a place. But I literally said to Joe, I was like, I won't be competing at it, but I want to come because man, like it is just the coolest. Like I can understand why people come back again and again. Like it's so sick. Mm. I'll just have to do 25 then. I'll just... Yeah, perfect, mate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jack, you and I, let's do it. Yeah. yeah I reckon see what happens when 25. What's going to oh, happen yeah. when we pull around to 25? Jackson, nah, another another year on it. And here we are, 2045, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff is still going somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Je- yeah Jeff funny. against um Jack in the lightweights because Jack would have just you know, pissed away all his muscle by then anyway. But I reckon, <laughs> Jack, do 24 and then just reverse out till 25. Mm. Like, just do what I've done. Three carb a week. One fat every two I'll, weeks. I'll just be gaining muscle though as well. So like I might gain like a kilo every six months, but it'll just be muscle. A hundred percent. And if there you, you see, you know, you're like, but Lawrence, you know, I only think about food. I haven't had an erection in six months. Do you want to be a champion or not? That's what I'd say. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Exactly 100%. right. Mm. Exactly right. Honestly, yeah. As long as Tierra's on board with that. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, if yeah. it costs, if it costs Tierra, that's, Got to do it for bodybuilding. It's that How trophy. bad do you want it, mate? Yeah. How bad do you mm. want it? Well, uh, boys, I think that is it for today's episode of the Bodybuilding Down Under podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, give us a subscribe and an awesome review. And we will certainly see you in the next episode. 